Since its introduction in 2007, Apple's iPhone sales have constantly increased, going from around 40 million units sold in 2010 to about 218 million iPhones sold in 2018 alone. iPhone sales worldwide generated more than 142.3 billion US dollars in revenue in 2019. As sales increased, the iPhone gained space with the company and has become the most successful Apple product to date. The iPhone's share of the company total revenue has jumped from about 25% in the beginning of 2009 to around 44% in the third quarter of 2020. Much of the iPhone's success can be attributed to Apple's ability to keep the product competitive throughout the years with new releases and updates. Okay, so these were some known facts or we can say achievements about Apple. Now let's get started with today's podcast or let's talk tech. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tech, a monthly podcast that explores the latest emerging technologies, the people behind them, and how these trends will affect the way we work, live, think, and play. I am Ashwin Bhatt of TechPress, and in today's episode, we will talk about how Apple is trying to kill the web technology. The company has made it extremely difficult to use the web-based technology on its platform and it hopes developers won't bother. The programming language used to build the web often find their way into apps too. That's largely due to software that allows developers to reuse the code they write for the web in product they build to run an operating system like Linux, Android, Windows and Mac OS. But Apple has a reason not to like the recycling of web technology. It wants its Mac App Store to be filled with apps that you can't find anywhere else, not apps that are available on every platform. With a recent policy change, the company has made it a little more difficult to developers to submit apps containing web code. The Mac App Store has quietly started rejecting apps made with a popular tool called Electron that allows developers to base all their apps on the web-based code. Some of the most popular apps in App Store is like Slack, Spotify, Discord, and WhatsApp fall into this category. In a discussion on the programming community, GitHub, several developers say rejection for rejection for the apps that they build using Electron, which could were approved in the past, came with an explanation that these apps attempt to hide the use of private APIs, which are APIs built for Apple's internal usage. rather than third party developers using private apis to build public facing apps is commonly frowned upon because they may change or break over time and apple's ban apps that use them electron has used the private apis for years without issue these private apis allow developers to for the instance drastically improve power usage whereas apple sanctioned tools make the users experience worse In the majority of these cases Apple doesn't provide real alternatives for developers who want to access these private API features. Now, it's unlikely that the thousands of developers who have built their apps using Electron can release update to them unless the Electron framework releases a major change to its implementation. Developers could distribute their apps from their own website asking users to download them directly 
but that means abandoning features like Apple's auto-update mechanism from the Mac App Store and iCloud Sync. And this direct-to-consumer method could soon be locked down too, with Apple's controversial notarization requirements potentially requiring the, their review. Apple has history of stunting the web's progress on its platform. On iOS, Apple doesn't allow fully independent third-party browsers, requiring all the apps to leverage its Safari browser. When rendering web-based content, while browsers like Chrome and Opera are available in the App Store, they must use Apple's Safari browser behind the scenes to render web pages, rather than their own. That means Apple has a monopoly on its iPhone and iPad users access the web. To push developers toward building net native apps on iOS rather than using web technologies, Apple ignores popular parts of their open web specification that other browsers implement to its own benefit. Apple's subtle anti-competitive practice don't like terrible in isolation, but together they form a clear strategy. A technology called WebRTC, for example, allows video calling in a web browser without additional software. It powers tools like Google Meet, but Apple has incredibly slowed the implementation of specification leaving out key pieces of functionality and the technology didn't work when embedded inside apps. Apple also handicapped an emerging standard called Progressive Web Apps PWAs, which like electrons allows developers to build native-like apps for both desktop and mobile by partially implementing in a way that makes the too inconsistent to rely on. PWA doesn't have the same problem if users open apps in Chrome or Firefox, but iPhone and iPad users can't install third-party browsers, which makes PWA-based technology a non-starter. Developers use technology like Electron and PWA because they allow the faster updates access platform without an array of different code base. Some argue that this results in lower quality apps, but I did argue that alternate is no app at all for apps that are really updated because maintaining unique Windows, Mac and web-based product is completely inexpensive. Apple recently launched a competitive framework called Catalyst, which allows developers with iPad apps to bring them to Mac OS quickly. A great tool for developers exclusively targeting Apple users but not those building across platform apps. Apple's subtle anti-competitive practice don't like terrible and isolation, but together they form a clear strategy, make it so painful to build with web-based technology on Apple's platform that developers won't bother. Now that the App Store is not accepting apps built using Electron, developers will likely find creative ways to work around it, but Apple is setting up for continual cat and mouse game as it plans to exert more control over which apps can run on the platform in the future. These type of changes may be made in the name of privacy or security, but the reality is that the argument looks weak when both users and developers simply don't have a choice because Apple controls the platform browser, engine and the distribution method. Regardless of your opinion of Electron, app quality choice is important. Apple's control over its app ecosystem is new type of monopoly that's hard to understand for lawmakers and difficult for us to fight back against because there simply isn't a way out. 
of these restrictions when the company controls both the distribution method and the platform itself. Developers could distribute their apps from their own website, asking users to download them directly, but that means abandoning features like Apple's auto-update mechanism from the Mac Store and iCloud Sync. And this is direct-to-consumer method could be soon locked down too, with Apple's controversial notarization requirement potentially requiring their review. Apple has a history of stunting the web's program on its platform. On iOS, Apple doesn't allow fully dependent third-party browser, requiring all apps to leverage its Safari browser when rendering web-based content. While browsers like Chrome and Opera are available in the App Store, they must use App Safari browser behind the scenes to render web pages rather than their own. That means Apple has a monopoly on how iPhone and iPad users access the web to push developers toward building native apps on iOS rather than using web technologies. So, this is how Apple is trying to kill the web technology. I hope you liked today's podcast and if you really liked it, please give this podcast a thumbs up and share it with your friends and family to let them know how Apple is trying to kill the web technology. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Tech, a monthly podcast by TechPress. Thank you.